Hi again, everybody. I'm Dan Horde, and thanks for downloading the Bengals Booth Podcast. The ain't nothing gonna break my stride. Nobody gonna slow me down. Oh no, I've got to keep on moving. Addition, as the Bengals come up just short in their first game without Joe Burrow, a 19-17 loss to the New York Giants. Coming up, you'll hear radio replays from Sunday's loss, post-game comments from players and coaches, and in-depth analysis from Dave Lapham. And in this week's Fun Facts segment, you'll get to know the person under the pads as I go one-on-one with rookie offensive lineman Hakeem Adeniji. The Bengals Booth Podcast is presented by Bud Light Seltzer. Refresh the game. And here's a quick reminder that you can have the latest edition of this podcast delivered right to your phone, tablet, or computer by subscribing on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, or Podbean. It's the greatest thing since understanding bosses and co-workers. For the first time since being hired as the Bengals play-by-play announcer in 2011, I missed a game. I am currently quarantining at home due to contact tracing. And while I have not tested positive and feel great, I am not in the clear yet and obviously don't want to risk spreading the virus. So, thank you to the Brown family and my co-workers for their understanding and kudos to Mike Watts, who did a terrific job in my place. Now, let's get to Sunday's game. The worst-kept secret of the week was that the Bengals' starting quarterback would be Brandon Allen and not Ryan Finley. The former Arkansas star has been on the practice squad all season, but prepared for the possibility that he could be thrown in there at a moment's notice. I think you always have to have that mindset. Um, you know, whether you're the, the second string or the third string, I think you have to go in um, each and every week and, and know that you're one play away, regardless of, of the position. So um, that's how I've always prepared, uh, whether I was on practice squad or not. So um, I, I think that that's the only way, uh, the only mindset to have in, in the backup position role. But it took a while for Allen to even get into the game. First, the Giants took the opening kickoff and marched right down the field to score. A 53-yard pass to tight end Evan Ingram, who beat Von Bell on the play, put the Giants inside the five-yard line. Good Jones sneak from here, and steady hands off again, this time going airborne. Goldman into the end zone for a giant touchdown. Wayne Goldman's one-yard run made it 7-0, but that lead only lasted for 11 seconds. Brandon Wilson from a couple yards deep in the end zone. He will take this out, his 19th return of the year, and he's Hit going it. right between the hash marks. He jukes inside. Hit now it. he's free at midfield. It. It's Wilson going all the way. 25-20 inside the 10. He won't be caught. Touchdown, Cincinnati. That 103-yard kickoff return by Brandon Wilson is a new Bengals record topping the 102-yard return that Eric Bieniemy had in 1997, also against the Giants. It's Wilson's second kickoff return touchdown, and that ties the franchise mark held by Tremaine Mack. It tied the game at 7, and Josh Bynes says it gave the Bengals a huge lift. I think it just gave some juice to the team. Oh, my gosh. I think it, 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 it propelled everything uh, for us, and Brandon just a heck of a player. I love him, and I, and he's just a, a great player, return man, gunner, whatever you want to do on special teams, and he's just done an awesome job. And that play right there was definitely something um, we talked about all week, and we know Brandon's capable of it. 
Uh, I was on the other end of it last year when I was in uh, Baltimore and he housed it on us when I was there last year. And just to see him do it again, because you know he has great capabilities and, and great speed, obviously, because you see nobody caught him. Uh, it was just so, so amazing. Let's face it. For the Bengals to win behind a backup quarterback, they were probably going to need big plays on special teams and defense. Wilson came through in the first quarter and Bell delivered in the second. It's a fake handoff from Jones, fires into the zone and completes at the 15. And that ball came loose and it's recovered here by Vaughn Bell. Bell cutting back inside the numbers at the 40. He's hit from behind, brought down at the 45. They're marking it. Nope, they're not. They're saying it's a fumble. He's not spotting the ball. That's a fumble. It gave the Bengals the ball near midfield, and after a couple of first downs by the offense, the Bengals took the lead. It's a 44-yard field goal off the left hash. Huber gets the snap. It's a good one. This is away from Bullock, and he nailed it right down the middle. That made it 10-7 Bengals, but that was it for the offense in the first half as Cincinnati managed just 66 yards. A Graham Gano field goal with 21 seconds left in the half tied the game at 10. Here's Zach Taylor on his team's struggles on offense. Yeah, we never found our rhythm, you know, and, and again, our first down efficiency is really where it got us. Um, we were in a lot of second eight, second nine, second 10, it felt like, and and that's, that's not a great recipe against that defense. The Bengals ran 19 first down plays for a total of 59 yards. That's 3.1 yards per first down play. 12 of those 19 plays went for two yards or less. And yet, they were in it. The Giants took a three-point lead on their first drive of the third quarter, but lost quarterback Daniel Jones on the drive due to an injured hamstring. 34-year-old backup Colt McCoy doesn't exactly strike fear into the opposition. But rather than move the ball, the Bengals started coughing it up. Under 40 seconds to go in the third quarter. Dropping to throw and this gunned over the middle and again popped up and is this time intercepted by the Giants. Diving effort at the 40 and yes it was. It's picked off by New York. Nico Lalos with the diving INT in his NFL debut. It led to a field goal and a 16-10 New York lead. Down by six with less than five minutes to go, the Bengals turned it over again. 4.24 to go, running clock, fourth quarter. Bengals down six with the ball, second and three from their own 21. Brandon Allen throws short, and Sample loses the football, and Logan Ryan pops on top of it, and it is a fumble at the 19. That led to another field goal that made it 19-10. The Bengals were down, but not out, as they put together their first touchdown drive of the day. Off motion, Fakes the handoff, looking left, doesn't have Bernard, trailing away, throws into the end zone, caught! Touchdown, T. Higgins! That one-yard touchdown pass made it 19-17 with two and a half minutes to go. The defense got a three and out, forcing the Giants to punt from deep in their own territory. And it's driven high, spiraling, and long, trailing all the way back to the 23-yard line, picked up by Erickson. Across the 30, stutters outside the 35. He's got a hold the 40, inside, and he's wrapped up at the ankles at the 50-yard line. He was nearly gone. Still, that 29-yard return by Alex Erickson gave the Bengals the ball at the 50 with roughly a minute to go, needing one first down to give Randy Bullock a shot at a game-winning field goal try. 57-6 to go, first and 10 for midfield. Allen with Bernard on his right, takes the snap, 
clean pocket. And now he's under pressure. He lost the football. Still loose and recovered by the Giants at the 37-yard line. The fumble was forced by Jabal Sheard, even though the Bengals chipped him with a tight end on the play. He got by Drew Sample and then Jonah Williams to force the fumble that basically ended the game. Here's Brandon Allen. Uh, I knew we only needed about 15 yards um, to, to get within field goal range. Um, we had a little miscommunication with me and TB. You know, I was expecting one thing, and he read it a different way, and, and obviously I, I kind of got stuck uh, uh, on him. And then from there, I just got to do a better job, take care of the ball. I was trying to scramble and make a play. But, uh, you know, in that situation, the best thing, just try to get forward as far as I could. Allen finished 17 for 29 for 136 yards with one touchdown, one interception, and the fumble. Here's how he and Zach Taylor evaluated the quarterback Cincinnati debut. Uh, I'm, I'm my own worst critic, so there's going to be a lot of things that, that I think I can do better. Um, obviously, the interception. Uh, putting a better ball placement where it's only, only he can get a hand on it. Um, and then obviously the last play of the fumble uh, was what cost us the game. So um, there's definitely going to be a lot of things that I'll, that I'll find on tape um, and, and things I can get better at, whether that's a read, a throw, or what, but I'll definitely get better from this. I thought he did enough, you know, for us. And, and the guys around him got to step up too now. You know, we had, we had several drops, holding penalties when we would get a completion and, you know, we, we only had three possessions there in the first half. It felt like we hardly ever had the ball. And then the second half, just never found our rhythm. But, um, again, when we would get something positive, it seemed like something on the same play sent us back the other way. You know, whether it was the – there was there was three drops, there was two holding penalties, there was the fumble on a positive play, and, you know, it, uh, that all hurt us. New York's 1917 win puts the Giants in first place in the NFC East with a 4-7 and seven record. They take a tiebreaker with Washington by winning their two meetings this year. The Bengals are 2-8-1 and one and playing for pride. Here are Josh Bynes and Zach Taylor. Everybody got to do their job and their role. That's pretty much what I'm saying. And execute at a higher level and, and not keep shooting ourselves in the foot, uh, making big mistakes and no big mistakes turn into big plays. And, and it just and it hurts us. And we, you know, we sit on this other side of the of an L. And it just sucks each and every week because, you know, guys are giving all the effort and studying their behinds off, and we just fall in one, one play short. You're down 19-10 to 10 in the fourth quarter, and, and really your offense hasn't done anything the entire game. Uh, but, but everybody just kept, kept grinding and trying to make plays uh, that they were capable of making. And then you look at it, the, the defense got a huge stop. You know, um, offense goes down, scores seven points. Defense gets a, a monster stop there on the backed-up situation. Punt return team gets a huge punt return and, and puts our offense in a position to go win the game. And it just didn't work out that way. But uh, that tells you everything you need to know about these these players in this locker room and everything that I see every day and know. And um, they're playing hard for each other. And um, it, it's going to turn for us at some point. You know, that's why I told them it's frustrating. You're sick to your stomach. It sucks. Um, it's not fun to lose. Uh, but but we know that this tide is going to turn for us, and and we're going to look back on this, and this was a necessary part of our growth. But um, we need to get some wins to show for all the work that we're putting in because it uh, makes it tough when you finish games like this. Since the start of last year, the Bengals are 1-13-1 in games decided by one score. Now, time for post-game analysis with my broadcast partner, Dave Lapham. The Bengals followed the formula pretty closely. They got a special team score. The defense played well, uh, but the offense simply didn't do enough to get over the top against the Giants. Yeah, that that says it in a nutshell, Dan. No question. I mean, Brandon Wilson, 103-yard kickoff return. 
you get an unscripted, unscheduled score that way. I mean, that's just what the doctor ordered. Uh, defense gets a takeaway. You get three points off of that. Offense takes advantage of it. Uh, and then Kevin Huber was unbelievable. I mean, he averaged 46, 47 yards a punt, maybe more, uh, three or four times, pinned him down not only inside the, the 20, inside the 10-yard line. I think it was the 11-yard line once and the 10-yard line a couple of three times. I mean, he was incredible putting them on long field. So all of that was part of the formula. Put them on long fields, try to get some short fields, get an unscripted score, but offensively way too many three and outs and no no rhythm, no uh, no timing. Uh, everything was was definitely hit or miss offensively. What did you think of Brandon Allen? I think that he did everything he could. I don't think the support system was there offensively. No running game. I don't care who the quarterback is. When the longest run, I think, was the, the fake punt. You know, that was another play Darren Simmons' crew came up with. That was a critical extension, you know, of a, of a, of a, a series with the fake punt, keep the offense on the football field. Now, can you throw interceptions and have fumbles and those kind of things? No, you like to have ball security in that regard. And I'm sure he's going to be his own worst critic. But boy, there wasn't any running game. So they were teeing off. And that front four, they're big, powerful. They push the pocket rushers. They'll twist and stunt. They don't necessarily have to blitz. They rushed four and they played very deep zone coverages and said, you're not throwing the ball over our head. We're keeping everything in front of us. You're going to have to beat us with short intermediate throws and you're going to have to do it a lot. You're going to have to go on long extended drives and we don't think you can do it. And that was their game plan. And they ended up being right. Last week against Washington, the Bengals had 247 yards of offense in the first half after Joe Burrow went out 18 plays, 17 yards this week, 46 plays, 155 yards. That's 172 yards basically in six quarters an average of 2.7 yards per play. It shows you just how valuable Joe Burrow is to this offense. There's no doubt. I mean, he's a, he's a dynamic football player. And, and honestly, everything was, was tilted toward him getting ready to do those things. So any quarterback uh, that was on the roster was not, not getting a whole lot of snaps, a whole lot of reps. And it showed when Ryan Finley went in there and I think, you know, Brandon Allen will be better next week than he was this week. I'm not sure that, well, he's playing a pretty damn good defense, though. The Miami Dolphins have a pretty good squad as well. They win games with special teams and defensive excellence. So the Bengals are going down there to Miami to face the same type of thing. Um, so that's life in the National Football League. And, yeah, I mean, Joe Burrow is, is really, really special in terms of the way he sees the football field, makes quick decisions, and, and moves his football team and – uh, it was very evident that they're lacking without him under center or at, in the shotgun formation. I hate to paint an overly uh, rosy picture after a game like that. Did the fight show you something? It did. You know, I think that it, it, it's it's awful easy to just coast the game out, you know, and not, uh, you know, it's over and, you know, this here's another one, you know, this one, this one's out, out of reach, particularly when they kicked the field goal and they went up two scores, but they finally put together a drive. Uh, big, uh, big pass interference penalty and the touchdown pass to T Higgins. And, and then, you know, the fact that uh, instead of the onside kick, they decided to kick it deep and play defense and, and it worked out and, and they get a, a good return. Alex Erickson does a good job. There's another special teams play. I mean, Darren Simmons's group did everything they possibly could. I, it was by far in my estimation, by far 
the best special teams performance of the season. And it couldn't have come at a more necessary time to have that type of performance. And I thought that third of the three, three phases of football was the best today. And then defense number two and offense, a very, 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 very distant third. This was the seventh different starting offensive line in 11 games. Quentin Spain got the start at left guard in place of Michael Jordan. And then during the game, Alex Redmond suffered a concussion. Spain went back to the right side. Michael Jordan came in on the left side. What did you think of the way the O-line played? The pass protection was, was tough. I mean, the fact that they could not get the running game going, any modicum of success, you know, now you're in a situation where defensive linemen are just teeing off on you. It's like pass rush drill. And that's the toughest drill to handle as an offensive lineman when there's, there's total disregard for the run and all you're doing is pinning your ears back and, and getting after the quarterback. And that's what the Bengals faced offensive line-wise for most of the football game. Some of that their own doing, obviously, by not being able to form enough creases in the running game to get the running game uh, with some kind of a modicum of success. And with that defensive line, it's pretty good. I mean, they got some beasts that can push the pocket. And they don't blitz much, but they'll twist and stunt up front and, and, and make life tougher that way. And, and they, they, make you, uh, they make you earn everything in terms of pass protection. And I thought that, uh, you know, there were, there, sometimes there, was, there were pockets, but a lot of times Brandon Allen did not get through. Every, every uh, play has a three progression read. And then the fourth one is to check down and then run. I'm not sure he was getting all three through all three progressions before he had to check it down or try to run the football. And, then he was getting hit in the pocket and, and didn't have ball security well enough at the end of the football game. We saw Ryan Finley make three starts last year and play the second half last week. I don't know about you. I feel better about the Bengals chances of winning a game with Brandon Allen at quarterback instead of Ryan Finley based on what we saw today. Yeah, I, I think the, too that, I mean, Brandon Allen lit it up at practice. Wednesday's practice, he did not have an incompletion. And I think that he, he bought, he won some guys over that way. I think there was a validation there. I think they know he can spin it. He can zip the ball. I think he, they know he can be accurate. Um, but, you know, it's, it's not just one guy. I mean, everybody has to help Brandon Allen. And, and uh, I think they like his way, his demeanor, the way he leads the football team, the way he takes control of the huddle. Uh, so, yeah, I, and Zach Taylor has already said that Brandon Allen's the starting quarterback in Miami. So see if they can start to build on the experience that they were exposed to here against the New York football giants, who's a pretty darn good defensive football team. That's, there's no question about it. I think that that's as good a, an overall defensive football team as the Bengals might've played this year. I was a little disappointed in the play of the wide receiving crew. Uh, T Higgins was targeted five times and caught all five, including his touchdown. But Tyler Boyd had a big drop. A.J. Green did not have a catch when he was targeted three times. I'm sure some of that is different timing with a different quarterback, but those guys are going to have to step up and play great in order for the Bengals to win. I agree. It's going to have to be a scenario like that. Even the very sure-handed Giovanni Bernard dropped the ball, you know, out of the backfield on a third and one. I think if he catches it, you know, he probably the chains are probably moved. So, um, yeah, it's, the, the thing is you're in a situation offensively and it's a very tough situation, you know, during the course of a, a 10 year, or actually a 12 year career in, in professional football, I've been in situations where you have no margin for error. And man, that's a brutal way to have to try to play football. It's like, 
It's 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 impossible, really. You, there are going to be mistakes made, and all you hope for in that situation is that it doesn't become contagious. Multiple mistakes are made, or the mistakes that are made become catastrophic, and they're monumentally huge mistakes. You know, it's, again, margin for error is an impossibility, but you hope that the error that you make is not game deciding error, and uh, that's what the Bengals are looking at offensively right now. You know, they just don't want to make mistakes that lose the football game and hope that defense and special teams give them enough support where they can win a couple of football games. Well, I'll tell you this, it wasn't a lot of fun watching on TV. So I look forward to being back in the booth, hopefully next Sunday uh, as the Bengals head to Miami. I can tell you, my partner, you are sorely missed. You are the best in the business. And I look forward to doing the game with you against the Dolphins. Let's hope. Thanks, buddy. Thank you, sir. The Dolphins are 7-4 and four after beating the winless Jets on Sunday 20-3. Tua Tungo-Vailoa missed the game with an injured left thumb, but head coach Brian Flores says if he's healthy, he'll start against the Bengals next week. The Bengals Booth Podcast is presented by Bud Light Seltzer. It's light and refreshing with a hint of fruit flavor. Now, time for this week's Fun Facts segment, where you get to know the person under the pads. Time for some fun facts with offensive lineman Hakeem Adeniji from Garland, Texas. Hakeem, I've read that your mom is from Nigeria, where she was a TV news anchor. How did the Adeniji family wind up in Texas? Uh, about 30 years ago, my mom and dad, you know, decided to to come out to America just for, you know, the opportunities. And 30 years later, here we are. Tell me a little bit about growing up in Garland and what your interests were as a kid. Oh, man. Uh, I was big into sports, obviously, football, basketball, you know, just everything, video game guy, nothing crazy. I love to cook a lot and, um, you know, did a lot of things with my big brother, too. You love to cook? Do you have a go-to dish? I'm really creative with it, and so I like to mix it up. I wouldn't say I had a, a, a specific go-to dish, just really I like, you know, mixing it up, trying new things, being creative, learning new recipes, different cultures, this and that. We're doing fun facts with Hakeem Adeniji. You're a large man, 6'4", 302 pounds. Were you always the big kid in the neighborhood? I kind of was. I wasn't always the biggest, though. I was always, like, you know, pretty big up there, but I was never, like, the biggest. I had, like, steady growth, so that's that. How do you compare with your older brother? I'm bigger than him now. Um, I remember he's... Well, he's considerably smaller than me now at this point, but uh, I probably he's he's six two, maybe two fifty ish now. He doesn't play football anymore, but I passed him up probably when I was about thirteen years old. Hakeem, when did you start playing football, and when did you start dreaming about the NFL? Man, I've been playing football since I was, you know, five six years old, and ever since then it's always been my goal just you know growing up in Garland in the Dallas area I watched the Cowboys I was a big Cowboys fan growing up my whole life and and watching my brother play I always wanted to do what he did and so you know those things right there it, ever since you know I started playing it's been a dream of mine for you know almost two decades now your older brother played at Air Force and you were going to follow him there and then a few weeks before you were set to report Everything changed. Describe what happened. Man, so I, you know, I still remember this day because it was just such a big turning point. Uh, I got an email saying that my medical waiver was declined because I have a cashew allergy. 
which itself seems small, but you know, you know, the military, they have their certain rules and, and things like that. The the football coaches couldn't do anything about it. And so being at the Air Force, uh, a lot of schools had already reported and I was waiting to go into, you know, basic training. So we're, we're a month into, you know, most freshmen being on campus for football activities and I have no clue where I'm going to go. When did you learn of your cashew allergy and what happens if you eat one? I learned pretty early, not that early, I guess I would say, maybe around nine, 10 years old when I just, like I had, I never knew which specific nuts it was. But I mean, I remember, you know, on a few instances having like small amounts of it and then just throwing up, nauseating all of this. And I'm just like, okay, I can't do this. So I pretty much stayed away from all of them until I finally got tested and realized it was just, just cashews. But yeah, I mean, when I have them, it's not good. Even like the smallest amount can, can trigger a pretty big reaction. We're doing fun facts with Hakeem Adenogy. Do you look at labels really closely to make sure that you never accidentally have one? A hundred percent. If there's anything that I know might have it in there or I'm at a restaurant, I'm very skeptical, especially with like um, some cultural dishes, like a, whether it be like a Mediterranean type of dish, I'm very like keyed in because I know, you know, certain people like to cook with certain uh, foods. So the Air Force went down the drain because of the cashew allergy and you wound up at Kansas. What was your initial impression of Lawrence, Kansas? It was different. It was different from what I'm used to. Uh, There's not nearly as much to do out there, but you know, ultimately I had a lot of fun and, and made a lot of friends and had a lot of good time. What was the best part of your college experience? Meeting my my girlfriend who who will probably be my wife here soon. And that I, I definitely have, that takes the cake for sure. That's a good answer, especially if she's nearby and can hear. <laughs> she is. She is. She is. So the basketball team was a powerhouse while you were at Kansas. Did yeah. you go to the games at Allen Fieldhouse and become buddies with any of the basketball players? I went to a few games. I didn't go to a whole lot just because it gets so packed in there and you have to get you have to get to the game like maybe three, four hours before to even get a decent seat. And obviously we have stuff to do. But yeah, I mean, I got I have one real good friend that he's, he's in the same class as me. So he's, he'll, he'll, he'll be getting drafted here pretty soon. Uh, my boy dope. But but yeah. He's a real good friend, and the basketball games were always fun. They were such a such a good team. Do you know why KU fans say Rock Chalk Jayhawk? I found out, and I don't remember, though. I remember when I heard the reasoning behind it. It wasn't that significant to me, but I, it sounds cool, though. It does sound cool. It's one it of those stories cool. where the answer is not that great, so I can understand yeah. why you would forget. So originally it was Ra Ra Jayhawk, and then a professor suggested they change it to Rock Chalk Jayhawk because there's limestone in the area. Oh, okay, yeah, so, yeah, like uh, okay. Now, if you get quizzed on that again, you'll be all set. Unless I forget again. Describe your NFL draft experience. Man, this year was was so different because of you know COVID, and then just everything going on. Um, it was it was fun though. I mean, I always say that 
you know, I tell my buddies in this draft class and, and everybody, I'm like, we're going to be able to say we had the first virtual draft. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's going to be wild. Yeah, hopefully the first and only. <laughs> yeah, for real. But we'll be, you know, that's that's pretty special, though. I think so. All right, a few more fun facts for Hakeem Adeniji. What do you like to spend your money on? I am cheap. I do not like to spend my money at all. I like to spend my money on my bank account and just put it in there. If I don't have to spend money, I won't. Uh, I guess if I had to say something, I I like to spend my money on, you know, if I had to get something nice for my mom or my brother or my girlfriend, I find more pleasure in, in that than just spending my money on me. That's good. That's frugal. That's not cheap. That's frugal. Yeah. That's fine. Oh, yeah. 100%. Who is the greatest athlete in any sport? Uh, that has to be LeBron James, for sure. He has to be. He's just he's a freak. Uh, he has the production to back it up. Just, I mean, you just watch him. I think we'll look back one day and be like, you know, how how the old folks before is they're like, oh, we saw Jordan. We're going to be like, we saw LeBron. Like, you're never going to you're never going to get this again. Yeah, I'm one of those old folks that would have said that about Jordan. So you're, so you're going Jordan or LeBron? You know what? This championship this year swung me yeah. over to LeBron. Okay. This one broke the tie. All right, final fun fact for Hakeem Adeniji. If you could meet anybody in history, athlete, entertainer, statesman, whatever, who would that person be? Oh, that's a good question anybody in history i guess the person who invented football i don't even know who that is it's simple but it's it's very there's so many things to it so i say yeah you are officially off the hot seat hakeem i appreciate your time best of luck the rest of the year thanks dan i appreciate you Here's a quick reminder to join Lap and Lance McAllister for Bengals Line Monday night from 6 to 9 on 700 WLW. That's going to do it for this episode of the Bengals Booth Podcast, brought to you by Bud Light Seltzer. Refresh the game. If you haven't done so already, please subscribe. And if you have a minute, give it a rating or share a comment. That helps more Bengals fans find this podcast. I'm Dan Horde, and thanks for listening to the Bengals Booth Podcast.